Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome, friends, again to this podcast where I share thoughts and reflections on sermons I will be preaching here at our church, and hopefully you hear these and at least get a little bit out of it, and hopefully it forms your faith in some aspect as well. We are in the midst of a sermon series called Serenity, where we're exploring anxiety and the impact it can have on our lives. And we're also, as we look at this, taking a look at the book of Proverbs. So today I'm going to read from Proverbs 3, and this is verses 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be a healing for your flesh and a refreshment for your body. May God's blessing be on the reading and living out of this word. So I think many of you who listen to this know that I have two kids, 14 and 10, and when they were much smaller, they both got a healthy dose of books written by the author Mo Willems. And one of his classics is a book called Nuffle Bunny, or at least we had always pronounced it Nuffle Bunny, K-N-U-F-F-L-E. He pronounces it Knuffle Bunny, so however you pronounce it. Uh, it's a book, a wonderful book, about a little girl who has a favorite stuffed bunny. And one day they go to the laundromat to go uh, and get it washed. And as they come home, they realize they left the bunny back at the laundromat. And so this talks about the whole adventure of trying to get that bunny back. And so when they do, when uh, mom and dad and the little girl, Trixie, go back and they look in the dryer for it, and they look and they look, and the text says that Trixie's daddy looked for Nuffle Bunny and looked and looked and looked, but Nuffle Bunny was nowhere to be found. And then on the next page, it shows a very determined father, the look on his face, his eyebrows are uh, crossed. And he, you can just tell, he is ready. He's going to find this bunny no matter what. So he goes back and looks in the dryer one more time until success. They find the bunny and everyone is thrilled. It's a wonderful story, wonderful art, wonderful way that Mo Willems writes this. And so, like I said, it's been a favorite for us all along. And one of the messages, uh, I don't know if there was supposed to be a message at all in this, but certainly one of the messages that one could glean from it, that if you just try harder, especially if it's for the good or if it's for someone or something that you love, then it will work out. So in other words, this what I'm about to describe would not be a good ending, probably, to Nuffle Bunny. And Daddy, try as he might, couldn't find Nuffle Bunny, and they sat down with Trixie and had a healthy conversation about how to respond when things don't work out the way you want them to. Uh, probably not going to sell quite as many children's books with an ending like that. And yet, that's the truth so often in our lives, right? That as try as hard as we might, it doesn't always work work out that way. So I want to talk about that today. As I noted earlier, this sermon series, when uh, we're talking about how that we how we deal with anxiety, one of the reasons we're doing this series is that we've heard from a fair number of our folks that anxiety is something that they struggle with. Uh, and when anxiety becomes an issue, our minds can go off in all kinds of places, and this can have a negative impact on our spiritual lives. I think one of 
our immediate reactions when we sense anxiety in our lives or fear or nervousness or when things are not going according to our plan. And so our first reaction probably is often, what can I do to make this right? What do I have at my disposal to fix this? Can I just try harder? Like the father in this book. And then if that's the case, if that was where our mind goes and we are bound and determined to go down that path, what happens sometimes? Well, it can make things even worse. And Proverbs tries to point this out. So as I noted in Proverbs, this is a book in the Bible that's in the Old Testament, 31 chapters long. Chapters 1 through 9 are really wisdom poems on various topics. It's kind of a, as I noted last week, a series of instructions written for young people by the intellectual elite of the day. It's kind of like in a commencement address for graduates. So one of the messages that messages they make is really to, to use your head, be wise in how you live your day-to-day life. And again, I'm reiterating myself a little bit from last week, but Fear of the Lord is one of the main messages that they say, and that undergirds about how to be wise. Fear of the Lord. And fear of the Lord is not literal panic, but instead to be in awe of who God is and what God does in our life. So in this text that I read today, uh, it's really summarized very nicely in verse 5. And again, that verse goes this way, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own insight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. I don't know if you grew up at all in church or maybe you grew up in a church where they had such things as memory verses. I think sometimes we tend to perhaps equate memory verses, just memorizing things as, well, that's something that a a more conservative church would do or a Baptist church. You just memorize it and it has no meaning to your life. But I think there's real power in memorizing things and having them at our disposal. And I would put Proverbs 3, 5 up there as a really great verse to memorize. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. Now, the first or the most important part of this verse is the first uh, section of it, of course, and I'll get to that. But let me first talk about this second half of this verse. What does the author mean when he says, do not rely on your own insight? And he kind of uh, emphasizes that again in verse 7 when he says, do not be wise in your own eyes. It's related a little bit to a section of the serenity prayer that we've talked about as well, this prayer that is often known by people in recovery groups, uh, the prayer that goes like this, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. It's that part that says to accept the things I cannot change that I think perhaps relates a bit to this. And it gets a little bit, I think, perhaps of what the author of Proverbs was trying to say in do not rely on your own insight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. You know, I think it's a fallacy of sorts that we've all heard up that we've all heard this saying growing up and that is this you can do and be anything you want as long as you set your mind to it this is something that i think we tell young people you can do and be anything you want 
our intentions are good. We don't want people to set limits or boundaries on what they can do or accomplish. But in fact, it's not really true. I mean, I'm here today to tell you that you can't do or be anything you want. Because we also have this misconception that everything must be perfect and that there are no limits. And Proverbs says, "Uh uh-uh. You cannot rely on your own insight. You have limits. Everything you do will not be perfect. If you rely on your own insight and own wisdom, that's like giving a calligraphy-written invitation to anxiety and inviting anxiety into our hearts and minds and saying, come on in. The serenity prayer gives us the language to realize there are certain things that I cannot change. And can we accept that? I'm not saying that we don't try. I'm not saying, well, if you can't be perfect, then you might as well just be half-hearted about it. I am saying that you have limits. I have limits. As beautiful and wonderful as you are made and me, you are not perfect. I am not perfect. Everything we do will not be perfect. It's part of the the beauty and the wonder and the um, difficulty of being human is that at times we can create these amazing things, but also we have the amazing capacity to mess up. And so we have limits to what we can do. And that is sometimes very difficult to handle. And that's where that serenity prayer that we have to be able to accept the things that I cannot change. And that in itself is challenging as well. I've been reading this biography by Steve Jobs, or about Steve Jobs, I should say, by Walter Isaacson. It came out a couple years ago, and really fascinating book, fascinating man, of course, the, uh, really the inventor of, or the, the co-founder of Apple. And there's a chapter in the book that talks about uh, his, what the author talks about as Steve Jobs' reality distortion field. And by that, it means like early on in the beginnings of Apple, some of the people who worked for him said that with him, with Steve Jobs, reality is malleable, right? That he can convince anyone of practically anything, that he tries to tell people You can do this. Even if people say this is not possible, uh, that Steve Jobs has this ability uh, even to say historically inaccurate facts, he can say certain things to people and they will believe him that he can distort reality and conform it to fit his own worldview. So one example of this is as they were beginning to put together the iPhone and so Steve Jobs met with the CEO of Corning Glass, a guy named Wendell Weeks. Uh, and so Steve Jobs was trying to, they're talking about the kind of glass they wanted for the iPhone. And as Jobs was describing this, Weeks said that actually Corning had made this incredibly strong glass in the 1960s that they called Gorilla Grass glass, but there really wasn't a market for it. And when they were going back and forth on the physics of of glass and jobs understood that this is exactly what he wanted, he ordered six months worth for all of these iPhones they were going to create. And Weeks told him that we don't have the capacity to make that much glass. And then the book says this. I'm going to quote from the book here. Don't be afraid, Jobs replied. Uh, And I, I... 
this just kind of strikes me, right? That I think sometimes as I've been reading jobs or reading about him anyway, he has this uh, sense that uh, he is God. <laughs> so this phrase that pops up in the Bible all the time. But anyway, the book says, don't be afraid, Jobs replied. This stunned Weeks, who was good-humored and confident, but not used to Jobs's reality distortion field. He tried to explain that a false sense of confidence would not overcome engineering challenges. But that was a premise that Jobs had repeatedly shown he did not accept. He stared at Weeks unblinking. Yes, you can do this, he said. Get your mind around it. You can do it. As Weeks retold this story, he shook his head in astonishment. We did it in under six months. We produced a glass that had never been made. And so in this instant, Jobs' reality distortion feel that he just believed that it could be done and it conformed to what he wanted. And it, this was not unusual for Steve Jobs and it happened. But as much as some people would like to believe, Steve Jobs is not God. And just because we wish something into existence doesn't make it so. As much as we think, if only I can try harder or think more creatively and get others around me to do that, then it will all work out. And I think if we have that mindset that we can rely on our own wisdom and on our own gifts always and only that, that's when anxiety can have a heyday. Because we, all, we will fail, friends. It's inevitable that we will fail. And if we're depending on ourselves and we get into this vicious cycle, that just gives anxiety even more opportunity to have a harmful impact on our hearts and minds and souls. So that's when we go back to the first part of this verse in Proverbs 3, 5. As people of faith, we believe that this author of Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let go of self-reliance. Proverbs is not saying you're an idiot. You will never be able to do it on your own because you can't do anything at all. Proverbs is saying you've got to make sure that you are placing your trust in the right place in the Lord with all your heart. An author of notes in a study Bible that I use said that we have to shift and to begin to make a complete commitment of our lives into God's hand, which means surrendering to God all of our lesser fears. And that is one of the hardest things to do, to surrender, to let go to come to God and say, I cannot do this. I am letting go of this anxiety. I am letting go of this fear. I am letting go of this voice in my head that says that it all has to happen because of me and my own gifts and my own wisdom. We let go of these things. And for those of us who like control, letting go in that way, to begin to have the wisdom to accept the things that we cannot change is one of the hardest things I think that we can do, especially in our society, which is so dependent or conveys a message that says you have to do it yourself. You have to be self-reliant. One of my favorite 
movies is a movie, again, that I watched with my kids called Finding Nemo. And I know I've shown this clip and I've told this story before, but I think it's been a few years ago. So uh, forgive me if, uh, if this sounds familiar at all. And one of the reasons that this particular clip that I will put up on, the, um, on my podcast page and that I'm going to show in worship is because it came at a really important time in my life in deciding about Urban Village. So Trey Holly, the co-founder of Urban Village, and I had gone to a conference in Orlando, a church planning conference. And as we were talking about doing this new thing and leaving the security of our churches, and I was in the hotel one night feeling very anxious about this. Like, is this going to happen? Are we going to do this? And so I'm flipping around the television and I come across Finding Nemo, which I had seen before, but such a good movie. I just started watching it again. And then there was a scene. It was as if the Holy Spirit was saying, we need to show him this clip from this movie so that he can learn how to trust. And the scene in the movie is when these uh, two fish. Nemo's dad and Dory, his companion, and they're, of course, trying to find Nemo in the big, wide, uh, vast ocean, and they are swallowed by a whale. And they're getting to the point where they are stuck. Uh, And Dory doesn't... And Dory is there, and Nemo's dad is there, uh, and Dory is speaking to the whale, unless she thinks that she's speaking to the whale. Nemo's dad is saying, you are not really speaking to the whale. And anyway, get to the point where they get to the back of the whale's throat. And Dory, and they're both hanging on to the whale's tongue for dear life. And Dory is communicating with the whale. And she thinks that the whale is saying, you've got to let go of this. If you want to survive, you have to let go. And so in the movie or in the clip, uh, she says that the whale says it's time to let go. That everything is going to be all right. And Nemo's dad says, how do you know? How do you know something bad isn't going to happen? And she says, I don't. And so he comes to realize, Nemo the dead comes to realize that he has to let go. And they do, they go to the back of the throat, and then they come up through the blowhole of the whale, and they survive, of course. And when I watched this in the hotel room, it was so clear to me that I needed to let go of my anxiety and my fear. And letting go in that way is one of the hardest things to do. Because I think in our heads, we keep saying, how do I know? How do you know something bad isn't going to happen if we let go of our fears and anxieties and our sense of self-reliance? And then the answer is we don't know. We don't know. And that's where the first part of this passage why we need to memorize this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Knowing, we talked about this last week, knowing of God's everlasting presence in our lives. Knowing that we can trust in that, knowing that we have a loving God who is there for us in the midst when things do not go just so, because they won't. Knowing in times when perhaps we do try to tend to rely on our own insights and wisdom and we mess up, and they will. And that's when we begin to let go or attempt to let go of all of those things, trusting that God will be there for us, trusting that God is like that mother and father who love us so deeply and will do anything at all for us, trusting in that way. So what are the things that you need to let go of in your own life? What little or big anxiety or fear do you need to let go of? What attitude do you need to have thinking it will only come about because I do it 
if that's the kind of thing you need to let go of, whatever it is this week, give that to God. Think about ways that you can begin to lessen that firm grip that you have on that reality and instead shift to a different one. Shift to a mindset that says, I will trust in God with all my heart. And when we do, my prayer is that that anxiety will not get that opportunity to have any control of us or have a huge impact on our faith lives, but instead we will be able to go forth in trust, knowing that God goes with us in the midst of it. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for listening, as always, to this podcast. I appreciate your faithfulness and appreciate any things you want to send my way. Emails, chris at urbanvillechurch.org or Twitter at Christian Kuhn, and I'm always happy to respond in those ways. I'll be back next week as we continue this sermon series in anxiety. And until then, indeed, may your trust in God be evident, knowing of God's presence in your own life as well. May the peace of Christ be yours. Be thou my wisdom and thou my truth.